Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got more to live for than the here and now. We've got a lot more to live for than this life. Right here, right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Job, the 23rd chapter. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is so good to us. He is so good to us. Amen. Amen. The last few weeks, there's just been something different happening around the Pentecostals of Lake City. I felt it. There's something different happening. The Spirit of the Lord has been very powerful in this house. Last two Sunday nights, we've had awesome services, excellent preaching, excellent worship, excellent altar services. God's been good to us. God's been good to us. Amen. This morning, we had our new believers class. And as a Sunday school teacher, you always dream of that day when it seems like things just kind of catch on things just click and I don't know everybody that was there this morning didn't hear tonight so that might be one sign but it felt like to me something happened this morning something clicked this morning the presence of the Lord was so strong there I felt revelation falling in the room there the power of the name of Jesus There's no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. There's no name like the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Job chapter 23. I'll be reading verses 8 and 9. Job 23, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. I want to preach for just a little bit tonight on the subject where to go and what to do. Where to go And what to do. Sometimes we just need some direction, don't we? We need some direction. Have you ever been in a place where you just didn't feel direction from God? You just didn't feel the Spirit of the Lord leading you and guiding you? You knew He was with you. You just didn't feel anything. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know what to do. I want to preach to you tonight nothing new. Not a new revelation. Not a new thought. Something, in fact, that I've preached probably many times But I want to preach to you where to go and what to do. Where to go and what to do. Why don't we set our Bibles down, lift our hearts, our hands, our voices toward heaven. Jesus, we love you. We praise you tonight, God. We feel your presence here tonight, Lord, and we're so thankful for it, God. We don't just write that off as an everyday thing, God, but we're thankful for your strong presence. We're thankful for the anointing that we feel in this house tonight. God, I pray that you would be with us in a mighty way, Lord, that your spirit would fill this house, that your word would go forth, and it would change our lives and change our hearts, Lord. Touch us. Change us. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 
Amen. You can be seated tonight. Job was a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. We all know the story of Job and how he lost absolutely everything he had except his life and his wife. Job went through more in a very short period of time than probably any of us will go through in a lifetime here on earth. Something that stands out to me in the story of Job is the fact that when Satan presented himself before the Lord, he was not the one that brought Job into the conversation. God brought Job into the conversation. I believe tonight that God brought Job into the picture and eventually allowed his hedge around Job's life to be lowered because God trusted Job. God trusted Job. I hope one day that that could be said of me, that God trusted me. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. If you're going through a trial tonight, if you're going through a storm tonight, please know that God would not allow it to come upon you if He did not trust you that you can make it. You can make it tonight. You can make it tonight. No matter how bad your problem is, you can make it tonight. God wouldn't put it upon you if He didn't trust you. You're going to make it. So as the story goes, Satan attacked Job on just about every way possible but was not allowed to kill Job. Eventually, Job in the 23rd chapter found himself in a place in life where he could not find any trace of God in his life. As Job hit rock bottom and things got worse and worse until he didn't even know that things could get worse, I can imagine how Job came to the conclusion that God was nowhere near. Many of us would come to that conclusion in a similar situation. Many here tonight, in fact, I'm sure can relate to Job in the way that you have been in places and situations in your life where although you might not have gotten as bad as Job, you couldn't feel any hint of God anywhere around your situation. If that is you tonight in the present situation, I want to tell you that God was with Job. And Job couldn't see him. Job could not feel him, but God was with him. Just like God was with Moses from the burning bush to the Red Sea and the leading of the children of Israel, he was with Job and he is with you. Just like God was with David when he slew a bear and a lion all the way to Goliath, God is with you. Just like God was with Samson when he was blinded, mocked and ridiculed, but delivered a great victory to God's people, God was with Job and God is with you. Just like he was with Abraham when he 
he lifted his hand against his only son in obedience to the word of God. Accounting that God was able to raise that boy from the dead. God was with Job and God is with you tonight. Just like God was with Isaac, that boy, and Jacob, and Paul, and Silas, and Peter, and John, and Joseph. And Deborah and Samuel and Eli, God was with Job and God is with you. God is with you. He was with Job, just like all these that I've mentioned throughout the history of the Bible, the Word of God, and He is with you. He is with you. He's with you tonight. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God is with you tonight. Job said, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, and I cannot see him. Many times we may wonder why God didn't reveal himself to Job at that point. God, why didn't you just show yourself very powerful in Job's life right then? Why didn't when Job went to the right, why didn't you just pop up? Or when he went to the left, why didn't you show yourself? When he went behind him or in front of him, why didn't you say, Hey, Job, I'm right here. I'm with you. Why didn't you do that, God? Why didn't you give him some peace of mind? You you didn't have to let up on the storm, but you could have at least let him know, given him a sign that you're there with him, that you're going to let him finish the trial, but that you were there with him. Why is that? Could it be tonight that if Job went to the right and he found God, that God would have always been the God that Job had to go to the right to find? Could it be tonight that if he went to the left and God popped up, that God would have always been the God that Job had to go to the left to find, or behind, or in front, forward to find? This is not the God that we serve, however. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You may not see him, you may not feel him, you may not hear him, and you may not smell him, but God is ever present. He is there. He is with you. He's not on your right. He's not on your left. He's not in front or behind, but he's everywhere. He is with you. He is ever present. An ever present help in the time of trouble. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job was basically saying that although I don't feel him, although I don't see him, I can't touch him, but in the words of Paul, for I am persuaded. I'm persuaded. There's no evidence 
There's no tangible evidence, but I am persuaded that neither death, life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I cannot find him, but I am persuaded that he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. I may not feel him, but I know he's with me. All the evidence may point to the contrary, that he's nowhere near, but I know better than the evidence. I know that he is with me. I know that he is protecting me. I may not feel any, any sense of God, but I know that he's with me. He's with you tonight. He's with you tonight. If you've come on this Sunday night in May to the Pentecostals of Lake City with any doubt in your mind, I want to erase doubt tonight and tell you that God is with you. God is with you. You're going to make it because He's with you. I believe, and my father preached to me this my whole life, that the greatest thing you can do and your walk with God is to make up your mind that He is with you. To become persuaded that nothing is going to separate you. Let us tonight be unshakable in our trust in the presence of God in our lives and situations. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean there isn't a presence of God in your life. He's there. He's with you. Let us not rely on our human senses to tell us whether God is there, but let us trust Him. That if I ascend up into heaven, Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. If I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there my, Thy hand shall lead me and Thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me even... The night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I love how David sums that up. I know that you are with me. So even if I don't feel you, even if I don't sense you around me, I'm just going to go ahead and praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you want to know what to do tonight, you can just give God praise. Just give Him praise. If you don't feel Him in your life and you want to know what you should do next, just give God praise. If you can't see His handprint upon your life right now and you don't know what to do next, just give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. I will praise Him for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is Walk with God 101 here tonight. 
If you ever need to get God into your situation, just get praise into your situation. Get praise into your situation. Anybody ever remember the story of Paul and Silas when they were locked up? What does the Bible said they did? They prayed and sang praises unto God. It may have been a discouraging situation that they were in. Their hopes might have been down to the floor. They may have thought that things were going to end and they were about to get their heads lopped off right then and there. But Paul said, I'm persuaded. And we're just going to give him praise right here where we are. Right here in the prison cell, we're going to give him praise. Right here in the middle of our trial, we're going to give him praise. Right here in the midst of our storm, we're just going to give him praise. If you could just learn to give God praise, no matter where you are or where you feel, something powerful will happen in your life when you give God praise. Could we just praise him for a moment tonight? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 There's power tonight in your praise. There's power in your praise. God's word will be fulfilled when it says he inhabits the praises of his people. If I give God praise in my situation, no matter how I feel, I will bring the almighty presence of God into my situation, whether I feel it or not. I give him praise tonight. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the prerequisite to praise is that you have to feel the moving of the Spirit of God. Sometimes I feel like we believe that. You don't have to feel a thing before you begin to give God praise. Tonight, if you've been waiting until you feel the Spirit to give God praise, then quite frankly, I don't want to offend you, but you've been waiting too long. You can give Him praise tonight. You can give Him praise you know what? There's nothing wrong with you getting a little dance in your step before you ever even feel the Spirit of God. Because you know why? You know what to do. You can just give Him praise. You can give Him praise. Don't wait upon the feeling to give Him praise. You're waiting too long. This belief is contrary to the Word of the Lord. Our praises do not dwell in Him but He dwells in our praises. Therefore, even before the first song is played, I'm going to have my mind made up that I'm going to give God praise. Before I walk into the door of the church, I'm going to have my mind made up that I'm going to church and I'm going to give God praise. No matter if the power is out or the lights are off and I don't feel a thing, if I'm going to the house of the Lord, I've made up my mind I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to give Him praise. I'm going to give Him praise. Before I feel the goosebumps, if I never feel the goosebumps, I'm still going to be a worshiper in the house of the Lord. I'm still going to give God praise. There's something powerful that happens in the life of somebody who makes up their mind that no matter what situation I'm in, no matter where I'm at in life, I'm going to give God praise. 
I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to give him praise. If I'm down and out, if I'm depressed, I'm going to give him praise. If I just sinned right before I walked in the church doors, I'm just going to come in the church door and I'm going to give him praise. I'm just going to give him praise. No matter what, I'm going to give him praise. There are no prerequisites. There are no prequalifications to give God praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Even when I come in contact with my brother or my sister, Outside of the church house, outside of worship service, I'm going to greet them. How am I going to greet them? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we take that for granted, but praise the Lord. In other words, my brother, my sister, we've come today to lift them up and to give him praise. Praise the Lord, brother. In other words, I don't know what kind of problems that are happening in your family, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, sister. I don't know what kind of doctor report that you just got back, but I'm linking hands together, my hand with your hand, to tell you, you are not by yourself in this, but you and I will gather together and we will praise the Lord. We'll thank Him for the things that He has done. We'll thank Him for the things that He is doing. And we'll thank Him for the things that He's going to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's something powerful about a handshake with a person of God when we can shake hands and agree one to another. We're giving praise unto God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Praise the Lord. You may not feel Him or you may not see Him or have any sign of Him in your situation right now, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One of your greatest weapons in your walk with God is your praise. It's your praise. You can't take my praise away. It's my praise. You can't backbite me out of my praise. Paul and Silas could not be frisked out of their praise when they entered into a jail cell. Praise is the thing you can always give God. Even when you have nothing else to give, you may not have a dime to your name, you can give God praise. When everything else has been taken from you, and even when you can't feel God in your situation, give Him praise. Might I add tonight, if you're doing well, if things are going good, you need to give God praise. You need to give God praise. It's dangerous to be somebody who won't give God praise when the blessings of the Lord have been upon your life and God's been good to you. You need to give God all praise for that. Anything good in your life has come from nothing but God in your life. The blessings of the Lord have been good to you. And we need to praise Him. We need to praise Him. Could we just do that for a moment? Could we praise Him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I give you praise. I give you praise. Give you praise, God. The devil can't take my praise away. When you cannot find God, when you look to that right hand or the left hand, behind you or in front of you, and you find no evidence of God, He's with you in your praise. When you can't find God, He's also with you in His Word. How many know He's with you in His Word? When you can't quite locate God in your situation, it's time to remember that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So many times through trials we become so frustrated with the absence of a word from God for our lives. We pray and we pray and we pray some more and we wait and we wait and we wait some more for a word from God. When it could have been so much more simple, so easier if we would have just found our Bible, opened it up and read the written word of God. We would have just opened up that Bible. The written word of God is just as powerful and applicable to your life as if God pulled up in a limousine to your house and spoke to you in an audible voice. The word of God is powerful. It is powerful. There are solutions in this word for any and every situation you come up against. If the enemy is attacking you, you need to grab a hold of the word and say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. If God be for me, who can be against me? If you're feeling inadequate for the call that God is placing upon your life, you need to grab a hold of your Bible and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. If you're struggling with temptations and if you're struggling with sin, grab a hold of your Bible and say, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you're in need of direction tonight from God, grab a hold of your Bible and say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you can't find God, grab a hold of your Bible and say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word of God. They were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. The light was light. The light shines in the darkness. Darkness comprehends it not. 
The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. His Word is powerful. If you don't know what to do tonight, you need to get a hold of the Word of God. If you're waiting for a word from God, you need to find your Bible and you've got a word from God. You've got a word from God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. I feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. What to do, I can praise Him and I can get in His Word. Psalm chapter 1 says, And He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth His fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. Next, you need to know where to go. Where to go, I submit to you tonight, you need to plant yourself by the things that will nourish you and the things that will strengthen you and the things that will give you what you need to carry on. You need to plant yourself by the things of God. He shall be like a tree planted By those things. A tree. A strong tree. One that's planted next to it. Therefore it gets strength from that river. It gets strength from that water. That water gets up all in its roots. And it makes him grow. And it makes him strong. That blessed man that Psalm chapter 1 talks about. Is blessed. Because he planted himself. By those things that make him strong. You need to plant yourself like never before in the church. You need to plant yourself like never before next to the man of God. You need to plant yourself like never before next to the things of God. The house of God. The word of God. You need to plant yourself. Last of all tonight. You can go ahead and stand with me. I want to talk about the altar for just a minute. The altar is a place where we are strengthened, where we are blessed. It's a place where we can repent. It's a place where we can commit. The altar is a wonderful place in our life. And now more than ever, Just like those things we just talked about, we need to make sure we're planted in the altar more than ever before. When I was a teenager, I grew up in a Pentecostal home. My dad was and still is a Pentecostal pastor. I grew up in a wonderful home. And I'm thankful for that tonight. 
But until the age of 17, I did not accept the things of God in my life. I didn't accept the things of God in my life. I was not a terrible kid. I wasn't a troublemaker most of the time. But I did not accept the things of God until the age of 17. I was never baptized in Jesus' name. I had never received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And from the Sunday that I came home from the hospital as a little baby, I was in the church house. My parents made sure. Just a little side notes, parents, if you have kids, make sure they're coming to church. Make sure you're bringing them to church. You need to bring those kids to church. Whether they like it or not, they need to be in the church house. My parents made sure I was in the church house every single service. And I was there. But there was something about the altar. I would never go past that first pew. I would never go to the altar. And until the age of 17... Sincerely, out of a heart of sincerity, I never went past that first pew into the altar to allow God to do a work in my life. It never happened. And thankfully, at the age of 17, at a senior youth camp down in Redfield, I made that step and I went past the first pew and God filled me miraculously with the Spirit. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that tonight. I don't believe that I would be alive today if it were not for the Spirit of the Lord filling my life on that Wednesday night, June 13th, 2001. I would not be here tonight. And I'm so thankful for that. But I want to reach out to somebody who maybe you're fearful of the altar. Maybe you're scared of the altar tonight. I want to reach for you tonight and tell you the altar is nothing to be scared of. It's nothing to be afraid of. I know, I understand it's easy to sit in your pew and feel a touch of God in the house. But I want to challenge you tonight that when the altar call is made, service in and service out, you could do nothing better than make your way to an altar. Make your way to an altar. Don't be that guy that can't get past the first pew. Make your way all the way down to an altar. All the way down to an altar. Because once it happens in your life, once you do that, once you make that commitment that God, I'm going to live in the altar, I'm going to be planted in the altar, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. You may see me most services around the Pentecostals of Lake City when the altar call is made. Sometimes I'm done praying. But when I get done praying... A lot of times you'll see me right there. I'll just be walking back and forth. Walking back and forth praising God. What I'm praising God for every time I get into the altar is the fact that I'm able to be at the altar. 
And every time the devil gets into my life, every time the devil tries to get me down, there's one thing that I'm made up my mind I'm going to do. I'm going to make my way to the church house and I'm going to go to an altar. I'm going to go to an altar. You want to know where to go tonight? You go to the altar. You want to know what to do tonight when you don't feel anything, when you don't feel like praying? You just go to the altar and you give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. One more story tonight. I didn't plan on it, but I I feel the Spirit of the Lord ministering to somebody tonight. In August of 2009, Lauren Ann and I lost our twin baby boys. They were born way too early. And we started going through a very dark time in our life, a very rough time in our life. We lived over in Bono, Arkansas. We went to the church there in Bono at that time. And Lauren was in the hospital. The day after everything happened, she was in the hospital. And she said, Andrew, why don't you, why don't you go home and take a shower? I probably stunk. She said, why don't you go home and take a shower, get cleaned up, get you some fresh clothes. And I said, I will, but I'm, I'm going to be back real quick, I promise. So I left that hospital and I went to our little apartment there in Bono. But on the way to the apartment, I made a pit stop. I had a key to the church. And I went into that church and I unlocked the door. And I walked straight up to the altar. And in the deepest, darkest time of my life, when I could see no light at the end of the tunnel and I could not feel a thing, I could not feel the Spirit of God upon my life. I went to an altar and all I did, I raised my hands and I said, God, I'm not going to stop worshiping you. I'm not going to stop worshiping you. If I never feel your presence again, I'm just not going to stop worshiping you. If you're here tonight and you're in a rough spot, if you're here tonight and you're not spiritually where you want to be, and you need to know what to do and where to go, just come to the altar and give Him praise. Come to the altar and worship Him tonight. There's no greater decision that you can make than to come to an altar and say, God... I'm not going to be a stranger in the altar. I'm not going to be a stranger in the altar, God. But I'm going to give you praise. 